Exploit him, dollar. Here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app, Adam Abdallah has the night off tonight. He is waiting in line for the new Avatar movie, Avatar The Way of Water. He's waiting to get those tickets. He's waiting to get his seat. So he's in line somewhere waiting uh, to see that film. So just black tonight with you until 8 o'clock here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We're talking sports with you, and we're talking football. I'm, I'm watching football yesterday. And I see the Eagles. They win 48 to 22 over the Giants. And they're just they're leading the entire way. It was a bit of a laugher. The Giants really didn't come close. And Jalen Hurts was fantastic. 21 of 31, 217 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran the football 77 yards on seven carries, one touchdown. And and the Eagles, they win 48-22. They're 12 and 1. They lead the NFC. They're the best team in the NFC right now. And really, when you look around the NFC, it seems like after yesterday, what, there's two good teams? The Eagles and the 49ers? The Vikings, a team that we've talked about at length on this show as being good record, fake good team, uh, is something that definitely showed through yesterday. Even though the Lions have been playing good football, I don't think Minnesota can win in a playoff round in advance. So, so you really look around, it's the Eagles and the 49ers. And I'm watching the Eagles yesterday, and I'm watching Jalen Hurts, and I, I can only think of one thing. As the Eagles and the Bears face off this week, the Bears get back to work today up at Hallis Hall. So when the Eagles and the Bears face off this Sunday, obviously the, the eyeballs are going to go towards the quarterback matchup, Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. And when I look at what the Eagles have done around Jalen Hurts, it gives me hope because there's a blueprint there for the Chicago Bears to follow to kind of piece together an offense around a young quarterback, a young quarterback that had a lot of question marks a year ago. You know, the Eagles last season, they were a 500 football team with a quarterback who you didn't trust in a playoff setting. You fast that forward to today, and there are graphics online suggesting and, and odds in Vegas suggesting that Jalen Hurts is the MVP leader, that he's the guy in the National Football League, the best player, which is not something any of us would have been saying last year at this time. Philly goes to Tampa in the first round of the playoffs, and they get blown out. Non-competitive game because they have a quarterback that can't really do anything, one-dimensional. It's not going to work. He's a running quarterback. He can't win in the NFL like that with a running quarterback who can't throw down the field. It's amazing what happens when you go get a number one wide receiver, you draft a wide receiver, and things kind of piece together around the young quarterback who can't throw, which once he gets the weapons, ah, all of a sudden, Jalen Hurts, he can throw. If we go back to the stats from last season for Jalen Hurts, year two in his career, 2021, he played 15 games. He had a completion percentage of 61. He had 16 passing touchdowns, nine interceptions. He was sacked 26 times. He ran the football for 784 yards. And he had 10 rushing touchdowns. His quarterback rating last year was 87. So what are we going to do here? We're going to compare that to Justin Fields this year, year two for Justin Fields. Year two for Justin Fields, he's played in 12 games. He has a com- completion percentage of 61, the exact same as Jalen Hurts. He has 13 passing touchdowns. He has 10 interceptions. Now, year two for Jalen Hurts, he played 15 games. Justin Fields, hopefully, will get four more opportunities, and he can play 16 games on the season. 
So Hertz was 16 and 9. Fields 13 and 10 at the moment. Justin Fields has been sacked 40 times. He's ran the football, though, for 905 rushing yards, eight touchdowns. He has a quarterback rating of 85. So basically, when you look at the stats as of right now in year two, Justin Fields is pretty comparable to what we saw from Jalen Hurts in year two. They're almost identical stats. Justin Fields has been sacked more. Hurts had more touchdowns. He played three more games. We'll see how that number kind of looks in four games, right? If Fields gets to 16 games, it's a good chance he could have more than 16 passing touchdowns. He's 13 right now. Fields already has more interceptions. He has 10 compared to the nine from Hertz. But I do recall going back to last season with the Eagles, they really didn't throw the football a heck of a lot towards the end of the season because they were protecting their young quarterback. On the other flip side, the running game, Justin Fields already has more rushing yards. And at the moment, he has eight rushing touchdowns of four games ago. I would imagine he's going to pass the 10 rushing touchdowns that Hurts had last year. So I'm sitting there watching the Eagles beat the Giants, and the Eagles play the Bears this weekend. I'm thinking by, to myself, like, th- this could absolutely happen. The Bears could absolutely find the pieces to put around Justin Fields so he can be what Jalen Hurts is right now. So what did the Eagles do? The Eagles traded last offseason a first round and a third round draft pick for A.J. Brown. Now, he's a number one wide receiver. He's a stud. He was successful with Tennessee. He comes over, immediately gives the Eagles a number one option. The year before, the Eagles drafted Devontae Smith first in the first round, 10th overall. Sounds like an opportunity the Bears may have if they move back in the draft, if they end up with a top five pick, right? Move back, collect an extra pick, maybe use that pick around 10, select a wide receiver. Hopefully that guy turns into a number one guy. Now last year for the Eagles, Pro Football Focus graded the Eagles offensive line as the fourth best offensive line in all football. That's not exactly what Justin Fields is working with right now with the Bears. And I would also say on the defensive side, like if we're really going full uh, comparison, full analogy, and we're, we're taking this to the next level, can the Bears be the Eagles? Can the Eagles from last year, can the Bears make that jump from 500 team, getting into the playoffs, to be, being a Super Bowl leader, to having an MVP, to maybe trying and winning a Super Bowl? The other piece of that puzzle is that the Bears right now do not have the defense that the Eagles had last year. Last year, the Eagles' defense was 7th in defensive yards per play. So there's a lot of work to be had for Ryan Poles, right? But, but the blueprint is there. You have the young quarterback. Now you have to go get a number one wide receiver. And you also have to find a way to solidify the offensive line to make sure the offensive line is uh, keeping your quarterback healthy, but also uh, strong in the run game, which they have been to this season, and then just making sure that everything is good for the pass game so you can use the play-action situation and allow Justin Fields to go down the football field. And then the final piece is Ryan Poles has to fix the defense, right? Because if the defense is better, then you have an opportunity there to keep games close and to allow your quarterback at the end 
to do something magical, something that we've been asking of Justin Fields all along. There's been multiple situations this season where Justin Fields has been there at the end and the Bears offense hasn't been able to get it done. Either turnovers, bad penalties, uh, fluke plays, mistakes on special teams, all kinds of things have come to play to showcase the Bears in the situation that they're in right now, being a three-win team as we head into week 15 of the NFL season. And, and that's why I'm sitting there and I'm watching the success of the Eagles. And I say to myself, like, this is clearly the, bull, the blueprint that I think you could use. I think you could also compare it to Tua Tungabailoa with the Dolphins and, and see that they were aggressive. They went out and got a number one wide receiver and they were able to draft a wide receiver as well in the previous draft. It's going to be an opportunity that the Bears are going to have. And, and that's why I think it's important to keep that on your, uh, on, on your mind as we kind of finish out this season and also go towards the offseason. Can Chase Claypool be enough of a difference maker here in the final four games to prove that it, it was a worthy trade to make, a second-round pick for Claypool, and allow him to be a part of like a three-person wide receiver group when you find that number one guy that you could have Donald Mooney, Chase Claypool and whoever they get in this offseason and that group of three will be good enough to assist your quarterback in Justin Fields in taking the next step I think that's what's so important here in the final four games and why the final four games are intriguing and I get it, the Bears are not playing for anything they're dead last in the conference they're dead last in the division at three and ten and there's a good Eagles team coming to town this weekend who's 12 and one with a guy who's in the conversation for the MVP. Chris Black talking with you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. If you want to join the conversation, you can call me at 312-332-3776. Is there a team out there that you look at and you say, Ryan Poles, Chicago Bears, follow that blueprint? Is there a team that you think the Bears should follow as far as trying to gather pieces around Justin Fields and fixing this team for the future? I'll take your calls. Let's go to Jake in Barrington. You're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Jake? How's it going, Chris? What's uh, up, man? Just wanted to give a, a comparison to the uh, 2020 Bengals. If you yeah. look what they did in their season, um, they traded away Carlos Dunlop. They traded away Geno Atkins. Um, they had just like signed Jesse Bates and or uh, just dressed Jesse Bates the next season. They know they have their guy in Joe Burrow. They go fifth overall. They get Jamar Chase. They go and get that guy, even though they already had T. Higgins, even though they already had Tyler Boyd. They go and they get the guy they wanted for Joe Burrow. That's what I think the Bears need to do. Build the defense, the offensive line with free agency. Go get Justin his weapon. Go get that third down conversion guy. Go get that down the field guy, his guy he connects with. And I think it's Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, but that's what I would do. That's the team I think you should look at and be like, that's who we want to be. Yeah, and that, that's a good point, Jake, and I appreciate your phone call. Thank you. And if you want to join me, you can call me at 312-332-3776. Here's what I think is a little different with going towards the Bengals comparison in this situation is that, unfortunately, I think Joe Burrow is a different caliber of quarterback than what we see with Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields. And what I mean by that is I think Joe Burrow is in a class with only one other guy, and that's Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes and Burrow are the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, and they kind of make up for a lot a lot of other mistakes that kind of happen, whether it be bad offensive line play, trading away a number one wide receiver, uh, as the Chiefs did. You know, like 
I, I think those guys cover up a lot of mistakes. The, the reason I point towards Tua and Hurts is because I think they're in that group right behind the top guys in the league. And is Hurts playing at an MVP level? Sure. But I don't think anyone would say that they would take Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow today. Just like I don't think anyone would suggest taking Justin Fields over Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but I, I like I like the call there, Jake. I, I think you do have a good point. They went out and got the number one wide receiver for the quarterback. Uh, I think it was last week I was here, and Abdal was off uh, that day as well, and I was talking about the biggest needs for the Bears in the offseason. And, and I, I said my number one need is a number one wide receiver. Like I get I get the need defensively that you have to go after the quarterback. You have to get an edge rusher. You have to get a defensive tackle. There's a lot of holes you need to fix on this roster. To me, number one is a number one wide receiver. Just because watching games all day long, they change the outcome of games. Now, having the edge rusher is great once you get the lead, but you have to get the lead. And once you get the lead, you have momentum. It kind of changes the way the, the outcome of games are played. And as Jack would know, if you watch Bengals games, the Bengals can usually get a lead early, and they're pretty good at holding on to that lead. They're very good at staying close in games and hanging on to a lead. It's very impressive the way that Joe Burrow kind of manages a game. So if you want to join the conversation, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears, what's the blueprint there? What do you think the Bears should be looking at in this offseason when you compare the Bears to other teams around the National Football League? It's Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. I'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. We're talking football next. You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. When you're at home, don't miss Black and Abdallah. Tell your smart speaker to, to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. What's the blueprint for the Chicago Bears this offseason? I'm looking at the Eagles. Saying that's what the Bears need to do. That's what Ryan Poles needs to do. Let's go get a number one wide receiver. Pair him with Mooney, Claypool. Let's allow Justin Fields to thrive. And let's work on that offensive line. Look at the Eagles. One of the best offensive lines in football last year. They were ranked fourth uh, last year overall as offensive line play goes for the Philadelphia Eagles. Keeping your quarterback upright is important. Two things that I think the Bears need to look at in this offseason. What's a blueprint that you want the Bears to follow? I'm looking at the Eagles. How about you at 312-332-3776? Curtis in Spring Grove, what do you think about the Bears? Hey, guys. You know, the Bears got $100 million in cap space, right? So you got to take a pragmatic approach. There's a ton of teams that have no cap space. So I would target their young priority free agents. So when I say that on the defensive side, I'm looking at Deron Payne. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Edmonds from uh, Buffalo Bills, the linebacker, inside linebacker. He had a build up the middle. Uh, Jamal Dean on the corner. Uh, on the offensive line, you got Josick out there. He is a um, going to be an all-pro center. Our center has been terrible for years. We need to get a new center. Um, maybe steal from uh, the Packers, go get Elton Jenkins, uh, and then – uh, for for a tackle, uh, I'd be looking at uh, uh, Juwan Taylor from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's where I'd start, right? And then the draft approach really depends if they can trade back or not. I mean, 
God, I love the idea of having Will Anderson, but if you got a quarterback needy team that's going to give you a gold mine of picks, then right. you can go out and get a wide receiver, right? There's no golden wide receiver in free agency. And if you can't get a wide receiver in free agency in the draft, then you're going to have to go with a guy like Jacoby Myers, put him opposite of, of Chase Claypool. So that's what I would do. Yeah, good call, Curtis. Appreciate you. And and I think that's where, like, I, I would imagine most Bears fans agree. If if the Bears end up with the second or the third pick uh, in the in the draft, is the idea there is you you trade back and you hopefully get two first round picks so you can feel uh, fill a couple of these needs, you know, a couple of these holes. You can go and get a wide receiver. You can add to the offensive line. I know it is, um, it's tantalizing to say, oh, Willie Anderson could be in a Bears uniform for the next 10 years. Or maybe Jalen Carter in the middle really sure up the defensive line. But I would imagine if the Bears are top five worthy, the idea there is you move back, you get two picks for one, and you can hopefully fill two holes. Andrew Nelgen, you're on ESPN 1000. Hey, guys. Happy holidays. What's up? Uh, the way I'm feeling right now as a fan is I'm very, very encouraged for the future. I, beginning of the year, everybody knew, you know, the analysts, we all talked about it, that they were going to have a losing record, and they did. So we already knew that would happen, but we just didn't know if Jay Fields would be the guy. And it seems like he is. So I just don't understand what everybody's, like, rush is right now. Like, we know we got the money to spend. We got draft picks. The GM is going to make good decisions because he's proven that he's already been doing that so far. Yeah, he took a chance on Claypool. It might work out. It might not. But with the money, with you know the brains in the organization, with the talent at quarterback, this football team is going to be a solid team for years to come. Merry Christmas. Go Bears. All right, Andrew. Thank you for the phone call. I don't quite agree there because – uh, there, there is a path where the Claypool situation doesn't work out, and we can look back and suggest that Ryan Poles got desperate because he drafted a wide receiver in the third round that was a complete bust in Bayless Jones Jr., and he tried to fix it in the same season by sending a second-round pick for Claypool, who then doesn't actually benefit the team. Like, that pathway exists. I'm not sure if that's how it will play out, but you can't tell me that that's not a possibility. And if that's what takes place, people are going to look back and say, well, I don't know if I really trust Ryan Poles because he got desperate there because he drafted a position of need that he clearly botched. And then his solution was to go and get a wide receiver for a second round pick when he could have kept that pick and drafted a wide receiver in the upcoming draft. So I, I think that is in the world. Like it, if we look at the, the scope of possibilities like, clearly, it's not a 0% chance that Claypool is 100% going to be a great wide receiver for the Bears in the future. That still has to play out. And thus, I go back to Andrew's point. I don't know if everyone just assumes Ryan Pohl is going to do a great job fixing all these holes that the Bears now have. I think it's something that I talked to Tyler Aki on uh, Friday about. You know, when you look at the Roquan Smith deal, Jason Leisure had it in the Sun-Times piece on Friday. I still stand with the idea that Roquan Smith on this team in a Bears uniform helps the Bears in the future and was the right move. And that's what Jason Leisure said, that that's something that the Bears will regret. I agree with them. So, like, that is something that clearly, if Ryan Poles doesn't fix the defense in any 
uh, reasonable amount of time to get this team back to the playoffs, we can point to that move not working out. I don't know if people are just automatically assuming Ryan Poles is going to do a great job. Tim and Wheaton, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tom? Uh, Tim? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Always love the show. What's up, man? Thanks. So my first question is, with the tiebreaker for the draft pick, the Bears have the toughest strength of schedule, I think, in the NFL this year, if you look at it. So do they get, if they tie with the same record with three losses, I think Denver has the same record right now. Um, if they tie with the same record, who gets the number two pick? Um, who Do the Bears win that? Because I've read that online, but it's still a little confusing. What the tiebreaker is, I can look it up for you. I don't know I believe off the top of my head. It's strength of schedule, and the Bears, because their strength of schedule is so good, they're going to lose almost every single tiebreaker. Yes. Right. So, so they may actually, even if they lose out, they could still not end up with number two pick. Is that correct? Yeah, it's possible because of, as of right now, the Bears would have the third pick. Denver's pick, that's going to Seattle, would be the number two pick at the moment. Got you. I don't know if I love that system. I don't know if that's totally fair. I guess I understand it. But I agree 100% with you, a number one wide receiver. Because, you know, if you look at a, a number one plus Darnell Mooney plus Chase Claypool, I don't even know if that, I mean, there are better wide receiver rooms out there, but you need to have a number yeah. one stud, yep. and then I think, then we're in business. Yeah, no doubt, and thanks for the call, Tim, and that, that's why I, I've talked about it. If you look at the best teams in the, in the NFL, the best teams have stud number one wide receivers. There's one team that you could argue does not, and that's Kansas City. They traded theirs. Everyone else, Buffalo, Stephon Diggs. Uh, Miami's struggling at the moment, but when I was talking about it two weeks ago, Tyreek Hill with the Dolphins. You look at Cincinnati with, uh, you know, with Jamar Chase. You you look around the league, the Eagles, AJ Brown, and even the Cowboys in second place, CD Lamb. Uh, Minnesota's a first place team. They looked bad. I don't think that they're a real tough contender. They're ten and three. Justin Jefferson. There are number one wide receivers all over the place for the top teams in the NFL. It's something you absolutely have to have in today's league. Travis in Arkansas, you're listening on the ESPN Chicago app, and you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Travis? What's going on, Blocky Abdallah? Y'all doing all right? Yeah, we're good. What's going on, man? Good. Hey, you know, I listen to you guys every day in the drive home, so I don't have all the stats of the name, but I would like if, if, if they can't get a stud-wide receiver, uh, if they have that number two pick, I would like them to trade down. I mean, you saw what, like, San Francisco gave up to go up and get Trey Lance, which is looking pretty dumb now. Um, they got they gave up a ton to get him. And uh, the more I look at, you know, the, the players coming out of the draft, and there should be some good players we can get, you know, middle of the first round and below. And then if we can stockpile some number one draft picks, um, to get you know to get some dogs out there, and then you know, I, and then I'm still an advocate for building, you know, from the uh, from the trenches. You know, there there should there's some players we can get in free agency. Um, I do I like that uh, that tackle from Georgia too. That guy looks like a game wrecker. Yeah. Not sure if he's going to go top ten because tackle's not necessarily premier, but um, I love to see him trade back or get a dog, and then build from you know build from the trenches and uh, stockpile some picks because I don't like all of Ryan Pohl's moves are not that are they're not all great yet right so right right uh, yeah ain't, ain't nothing guaranteed I guess but that, that, that's what I'd like to see yeah good call Travis appreciate you Black and Abdallah we're number one in the south we go from Arkansas to Florida Devin you're on you're on ESPN 1000 what's up Devin 
Hey, how's it going? Good, man. What's going on? No, so I want to make a prediction yep. that the Bears are going to get hard knocks next year. Oh, are they? So the reason being, number one, you got to have somebody who's not a first-year coach. Yep. And ghost, and you can't make the playoffs. Plus, we got Justin Fields, one hundred and what twenty-five million dollars to spend. There's plenty of storylines. Sure. I think we have a very good chance of making hard knocks next year. And right. you know what? Come August of next year, when everyone's starving for football. That's, you know what I mean? That's what gets us over the leap into actual football. <laughs> that's what gets you, you know? there, right? Yeah, that's what gets there. Now, All right. I've been listening to the conversation. I'd like to make one more comment about what the Bears sure. need to do as far as a blueprint goes. Go blueprint ahead. to me, blue chip prospects. I don't care what the position is. I don't care what it is. You get a guy like Jalen Carter, Will sure. Anderson, who can just game wreck anything. You know what? Next year... It, it may not result in a lot of wins, but five years from now, if you know if Will Anderson has seventeen and a half sacks, and he's a you know perennial, you know MVP candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, we're not going to care about oh, we didn't get the receiver in the draft, you know that you know what I mean? Like I think you can. Right, I, I get what you're saying. Just go get the best player, best player available. Yeah, yeah, in free agency and in the draft, just go get the best guy. Because if you look at the best teams in the league, they got. If you look at the Eagles. They got stars all over. They yeah. got stars on defense. For sure. They got stars on offense. And just go get the best guy. If you could trade down, that'd be great. You know, obviously, if you can get like a, you know, if you can get like the San Francisco 49ers, you know, trade where they trade three first round picks to move up from pick 12 to pick three, that'd be great. But if you can't get that, man, just go get yourself a Will Anderson. And I promise you, five years from now, when you look up in the Bears Stadium and you see Justin Fields. Jerseys and Will Anderson jerseys, you're not going to be mad. Good call, Devin. Appreciate you. Okay, thank you. You are listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. This is, this is, this is Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. Now this is not a hot take. I I always uh, recoil at the the idea of someone coming up with a hot take. Uh, but I, I, it's an opinion that I've had this entire football season. You've heard it. And uh, remember earlier in the season when I said that I was sick of Tom Brady. Like I've I've seen the story. I I've seen the career. Uh, this don't get this twisted as I don't like greatness. I don't appreciate greatness. I do. Uh, but the problem is, I thought that he wasn't being true to the game and he was not giving the commitment needed. Since he wasn't committed, I wasn't going to be into this storyline of the Buccaneers with Brady once again running it back. You retired, sir. You left. Then you got your way, a new head coach, and then you're back. But then you kind of dipped out on training camp. And you kind of been spotty, missing. Okay, here, but Brady's the all-time best. Here he is. He's yelling at people on the sidelines. Uh, yesterday was fantastic. San Francisco beats Tampa Bay 35-7. to Tom Brady went 34-55. He threw for 253 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, the Buccaneers were non-competitive yesterday against the 49ers. I said at the start of the season... 
I'm sick of the Brady story. Halfway through the year, I said, I'm sick of the Brady story. Not interested whatsoever. There are so many great, young, talented quarterbacks around the NFL. I don't need to fill all my primetime hours of watching football with the same tired story of Tom Brady facing off against Aaron Rodgers. I just didn't need more of it. I was filled my consumerism as far as it goes with football and Tom Brady and his story. I've seen enough. That's how I felt at the start of the season. I felt vindicated yesterday. Yesterday felt good. Finally, Brady and the Bucks look terrible. They lead their division. They're likely to still make the playoffs, but they lead their division with a losing record at 6-7. and seven. Carolina is only a game back at 5-8. and eight. Atlanta's at 5-8 and eight as well. The Saints are 4-9. and nine. But I, may, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe people just love the Brady situation. Uh, they, they feel like 20 years is not enough. They need more of the Brady games and the, the, the pregame shows and the interviews and Tom Terrific and TB12 and Antonio Brown and all this garbage. I don't need any of it. Yeah, I know that he and, and Brown don't don't uh, they're not friends anymore. But when when it was going on, it was weird. It was it was strange. And and I'm thankful that Brady and the Bucks are struggling because I think this is the year that like it's finally going to end. Like there's a chance that they make the playoffs, but if they make the playoffs, they're not doing anything. They're not good enough. And I just feel like having that opinion was it was a strong opinion at the time. It's how I felt. And I, I'm glad that this is the way the season is playing out. Now, I appreciate his greatness. He, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's won the most Super Bowls. We've seen him in clutch moments. There's no guy you would rather have the football with with two minutes to play than Tom Brady. I just think when I, I think of sitting down to watch football on a Sunday, the guys that I want to see, their names are Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Justin Fields, and Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen. And those are the quarterbacks that I want to see. I don't care about retread avenue with Brady and Rodgers. I like that they're struggling. I like that there's a good chance that they're not going to be involved in the, the final four, the conference championship games this year. It's time for some new blood. It really is. We've seen the story. We get it. He's great. Clearly, he, he, he looks like a supermodel. We, we get that, too. You can show us the, the difference in his body shape and his facial structure from when he was a rookie to what it is now. Where he's, a, he's tight. The whole thing is tight. A lot of work there on and off the field. But I just, I, I'm sick of the story. Go to the booth. You wanted to be a, a, working at Fox. The best thing from yesterday is how Fox had to turn your game off because you were so bad yesterday. Like, think of that. Fox, game of the week, Niners, Brady. They don't even care it's the Buccaneers. It's Brady Niners. Hey, did you know that Tom's from the Bay Area? Yeah, we, we've heard that storyline for 20 years now. Oh, did you see early in the day, Tom might be open into going somewhere else next season. Great. Guess what? They turned your game off in the third quarter because you stink. So I feel good. Feels good. I feel vindicated that my thought that I'm sick of the Brady coverage, I'm sick of Brady, the whole thing, I'm ready for the new era of the NFL. I feel good about that today 
because as I'm sitting there, as they flip off the game, they go to a more competitive game because the 49ers are just beating the Buccaneers' brains in yesterday. It felt good. It felt really good. And there, there's a lot of great NFL action yesterday, including that Panthers-Seahawks game that they flipped to, which we were discussing on Friday with different pick segments that, like, everyone was on the Panthers. All the Sharps were on the Panthers getting the points wherever it ended, either three and a half, four, four and a half. Uh, but Seattle is one of those teams, they start off the season really well, and it seemed to suggest in the last couple of weeks they're not as good as the record suggested. And this Panthers team has kind of started to turn things around. Fire Matt Rule earlier in the season. I know I'm a bit of a, a Sam Darnold apologist because I'm a USC fan. Sam Darnold playing some decent football the last couple of weeks. So I, that, that was a fine game. I enjoyed seeing that game. And I enjoyed that they flipped to that game on the, on the Fox afternoon game of the week. And bonus, you got some Adam Amin there. Amin was calling the Panthers and the Seahawks. You got to see Amin with, with Schlereth. It, it was great. Enough of the Brady. You're in prime time and you get blown out. 35 to 7. Enough of this. And they're not, they're not exciting at all. And so they, I, I enjoyed seeing that yesterday. Chris Bluck here on ESPN 1000. Bluck and Abdallah with you here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Eddie on the north side. You're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Eddie. Black, everything you said, I just can get into so much about it. But the thing about Tampa, as soon as they change the coach, that entire team does not want to play for that guy. And you could see it from the receivers down to every point of it. And I know Brady wanted that, but it, they're, they're out. They, they don't want to play for that coach. They don't like him, or I don't know what is going on. Because what, they, what about the quarterback? Do they like the quarterback? I, I, hey, Brady, Brady should have been in the Super Bowl like last year. You know what? You've seen that game and everything like that. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure what happened that conspired of taking Bruce Arians out, even if he's a was Brady. Here. Brady didn't want him around. That's the story. I know. And it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's just like, wait. A lot of the Tom Brady about? story is bizarre. A lot of it. Yeah, I know. It is. But I, 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 Brady can probably do it with another team. I, I mean, Evans doesn't even look like he's checked in. Half the time when he runs route, he just dies down. He looks at the floor. And he doesn't even want to catch the ball. And this is supposed to be one of the best receivers. Yeah. And so, okay, I'm going to get back to, oh, all right. hey, Detroit gets rid of this guy that everybody touted. Wow, Hawkerson, they got rid of, he's going to Minnesota. They're playing better without the guy. They are playing awesome. I can't believe, golf, uh, comeback player of the year, no doubt about it. Uh, well, almost uh, close to 3,400 yards, 22 touchdowns, seven interceptions. But he's got that, that offense rolling, and it's like, and it's without this guy. And look what they got for him. I was like, wow, did these GM or whoever's working at Detroit, they, they kind of figure out what's going on, and they're getting these picks for him. I, I, I don't know. Would you agree? And the next thing is, is do you think Stroud – T.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. Ohio is State quarterback. It's Justin Fields. Well, I, th- I think stat-wise, I think people people point to C.J. Stroud and the success he's had the last two years at OSU, but 
I think Justin Fields was a better product coming into the NFL. Really? Yeah. Do you he's think a better, right he's a better now, runner. because at the end of the year, when you look at Justin Fields, I'm not talking about rushing, his passing, and you look at his stats, if you didn't see any of the games, what would you say? Third screen quarterback, right? No. He's he's a developing young quarterback. I gave well, I mean, you, I, just looking at stats. Eddie, 20 minutes ago, I gave the stats. Jalen Hurts year two, Justin Fields is right on pace with Jalen Hurts last year. Do those you are, those think are the somebody stats. would trade for Justin Fields for two first-round draft picks right now? Do what? Would somebody trade, if the Bears were to trade Justin Fields, would they get two first-round draft picks? Um, Probably not. I'm imagining it's go. probably one, but who's who's what quarterbacks being traded for two first round draft picks? Uh, no, whoever's got uh, draft picks allowed. Uh, because if you think C.D. Strouds is just the same as a product as Justin Fields, who's, who's trading two first round draft picks for C.J. Stroud? What? What? No, I'm saying. Well, if you got a number one draft pick, you know this bears thing that you know they traded everyone from the old thing just tossing them out if they could trade justin fields right now for two first round draft picks draft your own quarterback and on top get another first round draft pick would anybody do it right now eddie are you gaming tonight what what game are you playing a little cod what do you what do you got tonight no i i'm not no I, i was just chilling believe me i'm back into action did you like my song I did like your song. I appreciate your song. In fact, an hour from now, I'm going to uh, give a shout-out to the fine Black and Abdallah listeners who submitted songs. So, yes, I appreciate your song. All right. No, I'm just, you know, just tossing it around. And, and Detroit, you got to give them credit. I mean, you know, the quarterback, he's playing, he's playing great. I, yes. You watched him. Jared he's Goff. playing yes. great. Yes, he, he is. He, he played he great before with the Rams, doing, yeah. You know? Yes. All right, Eddie. Thank you for the phone call. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, there's All right. there's Eddie. I don't I don't know. I like, would you trade two first round draft picks for Justin Fields for what? Just for two first round draft picks? Oh, I don't shuffle the deck. I don't shuffle the deck, Black. I don't even know where that was coming from. All right. It's a Monday night. It's Black Abdallah here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. We'll take your calls at 312-332-3776. The song of the night is coming up next. Black and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. Chicago's horse for sports. This is Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN 1000, and now on Digital FM at 100.3 HD2. Chris Block here, talking with you, talking Bears in the NFL on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Also talking a little Tom Brady. I'm... I'm not, like, thrilled that he, he's having a tough year, but uh, I did say I'm sick of the storyline. So we'll continue taking your calls on that. And we'll talk about the Bears. Which team do you find the blueprint for your Chicago Bears in the future? That's what we're discussing here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. Abdallah has the night off. 
Chris Black with you. We'll have the song of the night coming up in just a moment right here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app because the Bears face off against the Eagles uh, this weekend. Uh, the Eagles come to town with a 12-1 record. The Bears get back to work today at Hallis Hall. And uh, when I look at the Eagles, I see a blueprint right there for the Chicago Bears moving forward. You have the young quarterback. At times he has struggled, but he's showing you glimpses of a guy who's improving, who's getting better each week, who's making winning plays and ex- explosive plays. Hey, really, he, he's become one of the most explosive players in the entire football league. And, and that's where you kind of look at the, the whole conversation of this. And that's why you should be excited. Because Justin Fields is a guy that's going to be able to get it done in the future. And that, that's something where now it's up to Ryan Poles. Fix the defense, solidify your offensive line, get a number one wide receiver, and hopefully this team goes from a 3-10 and 10 team this year to a team who's battling to stay in playoff contention next year to try and make the playoffs. And then hopefully two years from now, we're talking a team contending for the Super Bowl. That's the window. Uh, anything else will be a disappointment. You do, in the NFL, you don't get to rebuild forever. You don't get the Chicago Bulls this thing under guard packs and just say that you're rebuilding for the next 20 years while you enjoy the job security. That's not how it works in football. You hit the bottom of the pool and you spring right back up to the top. Heck, you could argue that the, the Panthers did it all in one season as they're only a game back for first place in their division. After they fired their coach... They trade away their best player. The Panthers are fighting here towards the end. They're in the hunt. They've got a chance. So in the NFL, you don't get forever. Next year, it's going to be improve, be in contention of the playoffs. The year after that, you have to have your sights set on getting to a Super Bowl and getting close. That's how the NFL works. Each night around 6.50 here on the show, we like to play for you the song of the night. I want to rock! Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Bleck and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. Tonight's song. We go to the doors. Light my fire from 1967. Song of the Night. You know that it would be untrue. You know that I would be a liar If I was to say to you Girl, we couldn't get much higher Come on, baby, light my fire Come on, baby, light my fire Try to set the night on fire all right, how did we get to this song tonight, Light My Fire by The Doors? Well, on December 12, 1970, The Doors had a concert in New Orleans. Jim Morrison performed live for the last time. His final song that he performed, an abbreviated version on stage, was Light My Fire. He cut short because he was frustrated. Many said that drugs and alcohol were uh, taking their toll on Morrison. It was his last live performance. He was in New Orleans. It was December the 12th, 1970. He went on to pass away July 3rd, 1971. Light My Fire, The Doors. You know, it's a band I didn't really listen to a whole heck of a lot growing up. I've come to appreciate more in recent years, though. 
I wouldn't say they're one of my favorites, but uh, but they're not bad. And I appreciate like their their scope and history. I believe this is a song that uh, on the Ed Sullivan show back in the day, because of the line, girl, we couldn't get much higher. Sponsors and the network were afraid of the drug references on live TV. So they tried to tell them to remove that line from the song. It was a big controversy back in the day. Back in the late 60s. Like, imagine the time that was. It's crazy. All right, The Doors, Light My Fire. It's your song of the night here on Blocking of Dollar. the volume and don't touch that dial because dial. it's time for what dial there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an exp- ah, never mind. crank the volume because it's time for black and abdallah's song of the night yo later we're talking bears football with you coming up in two minutes you're listening to black and abdallah on espn 1000 chicago's home for sports